Howdy, welcome to another episode of Canon Calls. This week, I talk to my good friend Jared Longshore about all the things that are going on in Canada with Bill C4. Jared's been writing about it over on his blog. So look for those links if you're interested in the description. If you enjoy this podcast and all of the things that Canon Press is up to, I wanted to ask that you consider joining Canon Plus. You can find all the information you need at My Canon Plus. You can make a free account where you can track all of the podcasts. You can keep up with all that we're doing. And from there, if you want to subscribe, you can get access to all kinds of great content. And ultimately, you're supporting an awesome cause, giving us the ability to go and create more great content for you guys. That's mycanonplus.com for all that information. Without further ado, meet Jared Longshore. Now welcoming on special guest and my good friend, Jared Longshore, in person. Very happy to have you. And I wanted to have you in because you're now blogging over at jaredrlongshore.com. That's right. Yeah. That's right. You had a blog the other day. It spiked. We can also find you on YouTube. Yeah, that's right. It spiked. The numbers went higher than a lot of the other ones. And I wanted to talk to you about it. Can you tell us a little bit about Bill C4 in Canada? Yeah, the, uh, there, there were, um, there's two blogs that I wrote on that. I don't remember the names of them, but the first will probably be Boys helpful. Will Be Boys. Yeah, Boys Will Be Boys, but not in Canada. Okay. That one's helpful because I actually get into the text of the bill. In okay. that one. And then the second one was mainly to support and encourage the preaching that's going on the first Sunday after the bill becomes law. Which, which is when? At the time of this recording is this Sunday, this coming Sunday. Okay. So a lot so of this will brothers, be out Tuesday. Okay. So the past Sunday. Nice. A, lot of the brothers, a lot of the brothers up in Canada will be preaching on Sunday about the issue. And by so doing, from my reading of the bill, they'll be transgressing what the, what the bill stipulates. Okay. So take us back to the first blog then. Boys will be boys, but not in Canada. Yeah. Well, Bill C-4 uh, prohibits any practice of conversion therapy and the bill explains uh, what that practice is all about. And uh, I don't remember the exact language, but it's something like to change a person's gender identity to align with his or her sex at birth. That's, that's one thing that is forbidden to change a person's sexual orientation to that of heterosexual. That's also forbidden. And then gender expression is also forbidden. So to try to change someone's gender expression so that it aligns with the sex assigned at birth or something like that. All of those things are forbidden. And of course, to preach Christ to one who is confused in those very ways yep. is an attempt uh, to change those very things. So, okay. So the verbs I imagine are important in the discussion of like what it is and what you're doing. Do you think as you read through that bill, like they have in mind like the 1984 movie scene where, you know, you have somebody like strapped down and there's the rat or, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh -huh, uh -huh. What are they, so, I mean, you said you, they plan on preaching, which you think will violate that. Are they also concerned like all the way down to just like preaching? How, how, how would they, if you were to ask the bill, the people in Canada, how do they talk about it? The legislators? The conversion therapy. Yeah. What is the verb they think of when they talk about that topic? 
Yeah. Well, I mean, I imagine you could find legislators that are going to say they're only talking about the 1984 scene. We're only talking about uh, these kind of practices that where, you know, you have the rats or whatever it is you're trying to do. You're trying to use electric shock the, yeah. therapy or whatever it is. And they might cite examples of that. I don't, you know, I wouldn't claim that such things have sure. never existed. Sure. But uh, that's not in the bill. <laughs> so, so the bill doesn't, the bill doesn't speak that way. Like, sure. oh yes, well, we only meant uh, these right. kinds of things. Well, why don't you put that in the bill? Like, why don't you yes. say, hey, if you hook up some electrodes or something like that, that's that bad. would be fine. But you, that's the very thing that you did not do. And the very right. text of the bill right. says any practice that attempts to change or aimed at changing uh, these things that I've already stipulated to you. So, yeah, the, the bill's horribly worded. And the whole, the very idea at the base of the bill is that the human being is the one that's in control of these things. I think that this is a neo-paganism manifesting itself, meaning by that, I mean this worship of the creature. So um, I think in one of the blogs, I said, little, little Johnny, you know, it's either little Johnny or it's King Jesus, King Johnny or King Jesus. Johnny's in control of all things. I am defining my very reality, uh, which is say I'm biologically male. But I say that I'm a female, and how dare you tell me that I'm not? And uh, well, Jesus is the truth. We preach the truth, and we can't back down from preaching the truth. And that seems to be where the battle lines draw. So yeah, maybe we can talk about that for a little while. The verbs that you are interested, just to be clear, there could be people on the internet eager to take whatever you're advocating and maybe malign it. If you've heard of people similar to that, that might do that kind of thing. Oh yeah. You have happens. a YouTube channel now. So that definitely would, happens. Know. Okay. So what do you have in mind when you hear when you hear that bill and you think, no, we have to push back against it? What do you have in mind? Like what what do you see as the right response to as it relates to that bill, whether it's like gender or homosexuality or whatever? What is the right response uh, for pastors as they think about people in their congregations? Pastors need to be pastors. They need to hold back those who are stumbling to the slaughter. And certainly someone who is to the point that they are confused about the very nature of their sexuality, you know, they, their very uh, nature of their biology, well, that person desperately needs help and light and truth. And you don't get to say, well, I'm not going to do it because Canadian lawmakers now said, it's illegal for me to persuade you this way, which is very interesting, actually, coming up this Sunday as people preach, you could avoid transgressing that bill by failing to actually call people to, to Christ and to conformity to Christ. So as long as you said, well, you know, here's truth, if you will, but I'm never going to get to that point of saying, you, you need to believe this. You, okay. you need to, where you're actually persuading people unto uh, truth, goodness, and beauty. If you avoided that kind of thing, well, then you could, you could stay out of trouble. You know, it's like, kind of like um, being a hyper-Calvinist, you know, yeah. back in the day, they preach Christ, but they wouldn't call a person unto Christ unless they had some kind of token from God that they were elect. Otherwise, they weren't going to actually try to persuade anybody. Got and it. if you did that kind of thing, yeah. well, uh, you, could, you could probably skirt by right. transgressing the bill. But as soon as you say, this is truth and you ought to believe it, we want you to believe it. We're here to persuade you and for you to choose life, choose Christ, be changed, be converted as the apostles preached in the book of Acts. Well, that's when you're actually going to be transgressing the bill. So you have in mind fundamentally preaching and counseling, less any scary movies. Yeah, uh, preaching, counseling, 
And then, of course, the entire worldview that's at play. I mean, yeah. you look at what's going on as this kind of stuff is ingrained in the way that we think. It is 1984, you know, right. but, but the Christians aren't the ones the that direction. are on the creepy side. Right. Right. Okay. Do you see, so as you think about it and you thought this was something worthy of like talking about on your blog, do you see that it's something, uh, so if you were to play the role of prophet briefly, where do you see it going? Like it's happening not very far from us, I suppose. Do you see that becoming a thing here? Absolutely. I think it's going to become a thing here. Canada seems to be a few steps ahead of us, but it's the same soup in the pot. You know, theirs has just been cooked up a little bit longer. So look at Romans 1. Where does the sexual perversion come? Where does this, these acts of homosexuality come from? They come from worshiping the creature. They, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They exchanged uh, natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And all of that is the fruit of what I keep calling paganism. You could call it pantheism, but it's the worship of the creature. So God is no longer set apart, wholly distinct. Uh, we have created him in our own image uh, to the point where we really believe that either the individual is God or individuals gathered together in society become God. Therefore, you have this form of statism. So, there's different manifestations of the idea, but it's this, the creature's God. And Romans 1 says that what follows in the wake of that is this very sexual perversion that's going on, which I think is why why somehow uh, in Canada, enough people have been convinced to allow something like this to happen because they really do believe, well, who are you to say this person is not, you know, what he claims to be uh, because they have the very same presupposition operating. They just haven't touched it down upon the sexuality issue, but they still think that I ought to follow my heart. And if you tell me not to follow my heart, well, then you must be a terrible person. You belong behind bars. Yeah. Okay. If if in terms of ultimately the second blog was uh, an encouragement to pastors that are that are doing this this Sunday. Is there anything else? How would you encourage folks uh, in Canada? Yeah. Well, you know it's remarkable that if it did bite, you know, and uh, I'm not claiming that the enforcement arm is going to have the fortitude to go into churches this Sunday and arrest people. Maybe they will. I don't know. But if it did bite, can you imagine being a preacher who's in prison? You're like John, a modern day John Bunyan, and what you're in for is preaching that you know, boys will be boys. Like this is here I am, you yeah. know. And they say, well, if you will just if you will just renounce the thing that you've said, the hate speech that you've engaged in, or whatever it is, the conversion yeah. therapy that you've attempted, if you won't make a practice of doing this sort of thing, that's the language of the bill. Uh, then we'll let you out. And you say, well, no, I, I have to. So I, I said somewhere a while back that, you know, one of the troubling things is that, you know, if I end up in prison as a Christian minister, I think I'm going to end up there for something that seems so silly to everyone. It's yeah. going to be, you know, it's going to be this kind of thing. And a lot of Christians would say, like, why would you die on that hill? Like, and you say, well, I'm dying on that hill because this is a matter of life and death. Yep. There's no way to preach Christ to someone uh, who, say, is biologically male but thinks he's a female without telling him that that's not the case and that, yes, it is uh, preferable, I think, is the language of the text. You, know, you can't convert 
uh, you, can't, you can't claim that one one is more preferable than the other. Homosexual or heterosexuality is more preferable, uh, i.e., better than the other. Well, you you have to. You can't. You're not going to get gospel into that without touching on that very issue. Yeah. So I'm curious. Have you ran into anyone that may say, you know, like Jared, why would you? Do you want to write a big check for that when it could be, you know, why don't you wait for like your God is not dead moment or of like, you know, the ultimate atheist claim against you and then die on that hill? Why yeah. would you pick? Yeah, I personally haven't ran into yeah. anybody. Um, so uh, I think that I think those people are out there, but they might be making their claims quietly at this point okay. because more and more people seem to be actually agreeing and saying, yeah, this has gotten to a level. Um, yep. that's really crazy. So I think lights are being turned on in that way, but not enough to stop Canada from doing what it's done. All right. So jaredrlongshore.com is where you're blogging. And you also have a YouTube channel, Reformation and Revival, ampersand revival. I looked at it, by the way, you're on Spotify and, and Apple now too. Okay. So way to go. We talked about the days that you talked about how we met. Okay. All right. Well, so if- we met. We met back in the day, and I didn't know you from Adam's house cat. Right. And the first thing out of your mouth to me. Yeah, okay. This is, I was, was surprised you're actually going to go here. Hey, yeah. man, yeah. what's in your lip? <laughs> well, <laughs> that's what you said to me. Yeah, you and were. And Jess Hall sitting there next to you. We had to wait a long time to talk to you, by the way. His eyes are big. Yeah, he was very shocked. You do have to get in line, take a number. That's what we did. And you said to me, what's in your lip? I was just watching you talk, and I just, there's like traits and characteristics you someone. assumed that I was a dipper. I knew you were, and I asked. <laughs> I knew you were, and I said, what do you have in your mouth? <laughs> no, I had nothing in my mouth. You didn't. I didn't. But I was very suspicious. That was really funny. And we've been good friends ever since. Ever since. So, since our friendship was planted in such a good banter. Such a great that soil. You, that you described. It was a great soil. What I, I have very much enjoyed my time getting to know you more and more. And one thing that I always enjoy hearing you talk about, you sort of like put your finger on something that I don't know that I w- could have said it that way. Or it's just interesting coming from you that is kind of what I wanted to ask about the title of your blog, um, Reformation Revival, is essentially there's a big bad, the big bad guys are out there. And as you look around, uh, oh, there's a lot of Christians that, seemingly aren't taking up all of the tools that God has given to them to conquer. Can you just talk a little bit about that? I'm doing a bad job of maybe painting what you're talking about. Can you can you pose that back to me? Yeah. So, the big bad guys, yep. I'm assuming, are like the terrible ideologies that are manifesting yep. themselves all through our civil life in America. Yep. People are uh, watching Fox News in the evenings and yep. they're getting frustrated yep. and they don't know what to do. And yep. they're kind of getting pent up with right. all of that uh, angst. So I think that uh, we're watching the manifestation of a new religion. So I co-wrote a book called Strong and Courageous. Okay. Following Jesus amid the rise of America's new religion. And okay. I really believe that there is a neo-paganism or some kind of pantheism that's on the rise. It's beginning to uh, show itself in customs, practices, even in legislation. I think that was manifesting itself with the COVID tyranny and like forbidding churches to meet. You know, when Joe Biden won the presidency, he said, you know, spread the faith. 
and uh, Newsom's constantly talking about this is the message I preach. This is the yeah. message I preach, and he starts to publicly confess his sin when he gets caught at some restaurant without yeah. without appropriate COVID materials, you know, on his body or his face. So uh, there, those are just anecdotal, um, but there's tons of evidence that this is going on in the evangelical world. I think there are people that are saying, hey, Christianity is not about this world, so let me just, you know, I can practice my faith, and yes, this world's really going down, but I don't want to engage in all of that stuff. But I think there's an ever-growing group of people that are fed up with the COVID tyranny, they're fed up with social justice, they're fed up with all the kind of woke stuff, and they they want to do something about it. So they're getting quite defensive. Um, but trouble is, I don't know that they have a robust enough worldview to actually pursue a vision of what Christianity ought to be, uh, what, it's, what it means in the Lord's Prayer when it says, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So there's important doctrines there that uh, are needed in a Christian community if we're not just going to be reacting constantly to whatever new crazy thing comes across the wire. So it's almost a matter of maybe of scope then where at least so it, speaking of anecdotally, like my, the way I've conceived the faith was very, this is about spiritual stuff. And I would go to public, you know, I went to public school at the time. I would have never thought about like, what does God think about the great Gatsby or anything of that nature? And that kind of in seed form would represent other areas of my life as well. And so you maybe is what you're saying, like that there's like that thing going on in the church. And although they're, they are reacting to horrible things, calling them horrible, that's, there's a sense in which they may be even more defensive because they actually don't feel like they could offensively react. But you, you're saying the church actually does have a lot of offensive <laughs> tools to move forward, that kind of thing? Yeah, there are a lot of tools, but it's going to require a, a change in the worldview. It's going to require some things, the very foundation of how Christians are thinking about um, their life in this world yep. and the the lordship of Christ, the kingdom of Christ, those things are going to have to change. So I've said these these defensive people, you know, they don't they, they don't grasp the lordship of Christ over all things, but they just they want good neighbors, and yep. it's like why can't we have good neighbors? Right. My grandfather and my father yep. had decent neighbors who weren't doing these kinds of things, and that's what I want. Now they would want the conversion of their neighbors too. So I'm not saying that they're just like yep. uh, total cranks that don't care about the eternal life of their neighbors. Right. But they don't grasp that Jesus Christ actually is Lord of heaven and earth, and therefore everything, everything that is, um, must be brought under the lordship of Jesus. Okay. So I gave you kind of my anecdotal. This is where I was. Like, is there something that has happened in you personally? even just over your entire Christian life, mm -hmm. where that grew? Or can you talk about that on a personal level that maybe then we can apply to like a church-wide level? Sure. Yeah. I mean, tons of transitions over the course of my life. The I grew up in a church that uh, preached the gospel of Jesus Christ, but it didn't have, uh, there was a like a division of the sacred and the secular. Okay. So there was, um, yeah, it's weird too because people wouldn't have admitted it. They, they, if you put it on the table in front of them, they would say, "Oh, yeah, that would be bad." You they know? would assent to that. Yeah, but there was still the idea that you know Sunday is our our it's our holy day, it's our day of worship, and then you know we've just got to get through. We got to get through life. Yeah, and the the only thing that we're about is conversion. Kind of get your ticket to ride. We need to do evangelism. 
Um, but if you would start to, you know, consider Matthew 28 and what's the text actually say, uh, what's involved in making disciples of all nations, what's right. involved in baptizing them, teaching them to observe all that Jesus Christ has commanded. And you say, oh, there's, there's more there. So that was kind of the upbringing, and it has been over time of coming to doctrines of grace, coming to all of that stuff. That even happened before this uh, robust view. Uh, I would use short shorthand of Kuyperianism. Uh, it's going to say, yes, Jesus Christ is the second Adam. Uh, he came, lived, died, rose again, ascended to the right hand of the Father, sat down at the right hand of the Father. All of the enemies of Christ are being made his footstool, and we are to offer ourselves freely now in the day of his power. We are to uh, go about our lives in all of Christ for all of life. So I'm curious about this. I would I would think there's a sense in which the people you're describing, I would recognize as, you know, maybe pre-2016, I think of people like Gary DeMar were so helpful to the church for a long time, specifically because he was like really railing against a kind of, you know, pre-millennial ideal that we're, that we're talking about right now. But I almost think, I'll see what you think about this, but like today's like, like who I think particularly poisonous to the church are actually guys who, if you didn't say Abraham Kuyper's name, would be a lot closer to where he is on like, no, the faith has to like reach into politics or economics or all of those kinds of things. Does that make sense? That those are the dangerous guys? Those are the dangerous guys now. It's, it's like actually not so much, maybe like I think maybe the conservative pushback works with like people that are kind of like, you know, back, back. I used to have an atheist neighbor and we got along really well and there wasn't this weird, but I have in mind like someone who could, uh, it, to me, Joel McDermott going where he has actually isn't that crazy. Guys that wanted to go and like transform the city for Jesus Christ yes. and then went woke. Yeah. Yeah. That's like a different person than what we've been describing. Right. Right. Like and it's I actually think, somebody very much closer to you, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I have, um, where we're at in the game now is important. and. I think we're at this point in the game that I'm about to tell you. I think that there was the Young Restless and Reform movement. There was, there was that whole community. I mean, Acts 29, all of those, all of that, that wanted to go and transform the the city for Christ. You know, Chris yeah. Tomlin's "You're the God of This City" was yeah. on everybody's playlist. Yeah, everyone was wearing plaid. Well, for the city, there was a book called "For the City" by the pastor in Austin. Okay, everybody's wearing plaid. Savage. There you go. So, Wade hasn't stopped wearing plaid. So he's yeah. still got it. That's great. Yeah. Which is like, <laughs> it's not cool anymore. Man. Yeah. So plaid guys are dangerous to the yeah. church. Yeah. And that's a while back now, you yeah. know, but that I do believe a lot of those guys uh, went awry and the, the woke stuff happened. There was just like, rather than proclaiming Christ to the world and seeing this transformation that they longed for, there was a syncretism, there was a binding to the world's principles. Don't you think those guys have gotten pretty far with being like, oh, our white grandpas don't actually think justice applies to things like the social realm? Or, you know, it's almost kind of like what maybe a Kuyperian guy gained a lot of ground in the same way, meaning something very different. Uh -huh. But I just mean rhetorically, I think like they're actually not very different approaches, just very different ends. Right. I, I think that... um what happened to them justified a lot of the people that would would say you ought not to have ever been out there doing that anyways right that's not yes that's not what the, exactly it's not what the gospel's about right gospel is about individuals being converted and that's it full stop and you know 
the implications, the all of Christ for all of life. Well, that stuff, you know, look, look what it, if it, yes, if that was, if that was the genuine article, then the X29 network, you know, wouldn't have, it wouldn't have suffered what it suffered. Right. And so I think that response community that, that might truncate things or uh, minimize things is big on the rise and there's a lot of right. people that don't like what's going on socially that are flooding those ranks and uh and what's so weird i mean i'll be just be honest with my own personality i just love i love our brothers that went out there and they wanted to transform the city and they they ended up where they ought not to have been i just love them to death i'm like i hope that what's going on here i mean a canon calls is a canon press podcast all, all of what canon's doing i hope there's like a recovery mode for them like oh here's here's a group of people that say hey you had something really right yep but you need like you know you need your large print bible this time take your large print bible and then we'll we'll go for it so this other community by the same token i love i love them too like you just gotta love the guys that are like line upon line precept upon precept and you know work out the applications at home like i'm just <laughs> i'm just gonna bible studies yeah. You know, yeah, we're not wearing plaid. I'm wearing khakis. Yeah. And I just, this is my thing. You love them too. But I do think there's a huge swelling of those ranks right now. And praise be to God, because they're saying this woke stuff's crazy. And uh, so I still think we need a recovery of maybe a, a Kyperian vision to, and, and I, I, I believe people in all of these camps are yearning for that. There's, they're wanting some kind of way to live out, you know, what they see in the text and uh, to do that in community and to do that not just when they're having a Bible study on Philippians. So, yeah, I think that's the lay of the land. Awesome. I think, as I said, that was when I heard that you were going to do the blog as well as the YouTube channel. I thought, I think that, I really believe that is where I'm most excited to see your content is because the way you had articulated that to me in the few times that we got to to hang out i was most interested in so if that's something you're interested in go find jared's stuff it can be all found at mycanonplus.com it's also at jaredrlongshore.com and on youtube so go find those jared thanks for hanging out man thanks for having me on canon calls very good yeah